0: Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk Teen Time, Podcast On Demand Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog, I'm Neil Chase It's the time of year when many of us will catch a cold just like I did last week But even though the common cold is all around us, it is a particularly complicated virus to fight. There are countless variations of the cold virus, and they can't be fixed with antibiotics. So the usual remedies are to take it easy, drink lots of water, and be a patient patient. However, a new study from the Laboratory of Molecular Biology at Cambridge has shown a way to kill a virus without damaging the cell that it has infected. Scientists have been using a version of one of the body's naturally occurring proteins to attack the virus before it takes control of a cell. It then prompts the body's own immune system to fight that virus and kill it within a few hours. So far, the tests have only been successful on single cells and not on complete organisms or people. But if successful on a larger scale, a cure for the common cold could be a real possibility in the years ahead. Unfortunately, not quite soon enough for me at the moment. It's an old saying that if you have a problem, then you should sleep on it. If you can't figure it out one day, then by sleeping on it, you might have the answer the next day. Well, new research has discovered that it could actually be true. According to experiments in the Netherlands, people who consciously struggle with a difficult question for a long time are more likely to get the wrong answer. However, those who can't think of an immediate answer, but then come back to it later or the next day, are more likely to solve it. Dutch experts believe that this is because people's subconscious minds were given time to consider the problem, even though the person themselves didn't feel that they were thinking of a solution. So it really could be that if you can't figure out a solution to that maths problem this evening, then you might be able to do it in the morning. However, that's not a good enough excuse for not doing your homework. With every new generation of mobile phone comes more features. Email, internet and other communications are very heavy on data use. And with more data needed, the phone companies need to build more local transmitters or cell towers to make sure that we all get a good signal. And in big cities around the world, the number of cell phone towers can't keep up with the needs of all the smartphone users. However, researchers at Queen's University in Northern Ireland are working on a new type of system that daisy-chains information from one mobile phone to another. The so-called body-to-body network uses a tiny transmitter in each mobile phone to form a type of network between hundreds of phone users, even though the data and conversations between users is private. Naturally, this still raises problems of privacy and possible cell phone radiation too. But if it does work out, then it could solve the problem of heavy usage in cities that don't have enough cell phone transmitters. All airplanes, helicopters or jets need fuel to enable them to fly, of course. But what if the energy supply could be beamed up to the craft from the ground and not carried on board? That is what a Washington-based company has been trying to do, and with some success too. They've been using a small helicopter, only a little bigger than a toy, but have been beaming laser energy up to it in order to keep it flying. The helicopter is equipped with a type of solar cell on its underside, then a laser beam from the ground is directed to it. The intense light is converted to electricity to power the rotor propellers. So far it's only a very small achievement by a pretty small model, but it could pave the way for bigger machines or robot craft in future. One anniversary to celebrate this week is up in orbit. Ten years ago this week, two Russians and one American started inhabiting the International Space Station, and there have been scientists on board ever since. In fact, over 200 explorers have visited, 15 nations have contributed modules or hardware, and more than 600 experiments have been conducted. The space station is around 300 kilometers above the Earth, and orbits at over 27,000 km per hour, completing 15 orbits of the Earth every day. Even though it has taken many years to build, at the moment it is only guaranteed to be around until the middle of this decade. After then, it might be allowed to fall back to Earth and disintegrate, but hopefully it will be the first staging post for longer manned missions into space. But for this week, happy 10th birthday, International Space Station. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Science Blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next week with more. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.